This week on The Breakup Breakdown. We had a really just brutal week of like fights. I was pretty fed up. We are breaking up. She just like storms out of my apartment. And so she was leaving the dog sort of as like a reason to have to come back. I literally chase her out the door with the dog in my (laughs) hand. I don't want to be stuck with this dog. And she is insistent on the fact that we should make this work. I kind of agree. No. Have you ever had that friend that just keeps going back to their partner. It's like we both know you want out, so just break up. Hey, what's up? It's Abby from The Breakup Breakdown. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. So if you've never listened to this podcast before, every week somebody comes on to tell their breakup story, but it's almost always submitted by one of you. If you head to the episode description, there's a submission form and you can submit just about any breakup story that you want to know more about, or you can tell your own. So maybe you followed someone on social media for a while and you've always wanted to know why they broke off their engagement, or maybe you have a friend who went through a bad breakup story, or like I said, you can submit your own. Whatever it is, you know we love to hear it and get the good lessons along the way. Check out the episode description for that submission form. And as always, you can find timestamps to jump to a certain part of the interview also in the episode description. Hey, Heartbreakers, welcome back to another episode of The Breakup Breakdown. Thank you for tuning in. So this week, I actually have a self-submission from myself about somebody who works in my office that I wanted to ask about their breakup. But before we get into that, every week we give a shout out to a different domestic violence shelter throughout the country just to raise more awareness if you want to help out or donate or give any of your resources. And this week, we're giving a shout out to my sister's house in Charleston, South Carolina. They work to break the cycle of domestic violence by providing comprehensive support, services, and education within and beyond the walls of their shelter. So if you want to check out details on my sister's house, that can be found in the episode description. But into the submission, I'm bringing you some hot office gossip about someone who says their ex tried to use their dog as bait to keep them in the relationship. And like I said, it's actually a submission from me. If you don't know, I work at a radio station in Atlanta and our show is divided into three sections in the office building. So there's the people on air in one studio, which is where I am. There's a studio with the audio and social producers in another where there's video and phone screeners in one room. So the third room with the video and phone screeners is right next to the break room drink station. And you know, your girl be getting thirsty at 6 a.m. when you're in the office. So one day I was walking by the producer's room and all of a sudden I hear, and I'm like, you're not going to leave me with this dog. And then I was like, beep, 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 beep. Like my little breakup radar went off and I do a full backtrack in the hallway and I slide in like, hello, did you know I have a breakup podcast? Is there any gossip you would like to share with me? But I was also very curious because Jackson, who I'm referencing, is in a very serious relationship. So I'm like, okay, hot off the press. Jackson's going through a breakup. I want to know about it. Turns out it wasn't about his current lady, but he did tell me that he was talking about this relationship that he had during the pandemic. It's like I dated a girl from Brazil and she just refused to let him break up with her and just would not accept the fact that the relationship was ending. He was like, yeah, she like used this dog to keep me in the relationship. And if you've been listening long enough, you know, it is nearly impossible to find men willing to talk about their breakups for this podcast. So I thought I found one and I'm going to bring him to the breakup breakdown. So let's talk to Jackson when we break down this week's breakup. If you're like me and the second you get home from work, you are wrapped 
ravenous. You are going to love these new meals I've been trying out from Factor. Factor has delicious, ready-to-eat meals that you can make in two minutes with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. It's so convenient. I have like grocery store ADHD. Anytime I go to like Publix or something, I'm buying everything, and then I come home with no meals. Whereas Factor, it's all the meal prep done for you. You've got 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. If you want to get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go, head to factormeals.com slash breakup50 and use code breakup50 to get 50% off. That's code breakup50 at factormeals.com slash breakup50 to get 50% off. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This is what I've been talking about in therapy recently. Sometimes it just feels like there are just simply not enough hours in the day. And if you had one more hour to do something for you, what would you do? Your knee-jerk reaction like me would be to do something somewhat productive. You probably need therapy, also like me. I spend a lot of time shoving my emotions and feelings down because honestly, I don't like feeling uncomfortable with all those negative emotions. And therapy has been a helpful tool for me to stop doing that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash B-U-B-D to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash B-U-B-D to get 10% off your first month. Betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash B-U-B-D. So this was back in 2020, later in the year. So it was still during COVID time. Um, I was frequenting dating apps at this time and we had met on Hinge. Things started out casually as they always do. Um, we're messaging back and forth. We're talking, we're, you know, exchanging likes, dislikes, things like that. You know, the, the usual banter that you go through. What did you notice about this person's profile that made you think, Ooh, like I want to match with them. I mean, I liked her pictures. Um, I think we had like the same, like movies or something that were on there that we both liked. And so I was like, you know, it, 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 it looked on paper like, oh, like this is this looks like someone that I could get along with. And so the funny thing is, though, um, as we were talking, I noticed that there were like a few little like typos here and there, a few grammatical errors here and there. And it wasn't until a little bit later that I found out that she was actually from Brazil and not just like from Brazil and moved here as a kid. She was actually here in the States as an au pair and had only been actually in the States and in Georgia for like about a year at that point. Okay, so English, her second or third language. She's here just on a work visa. So, I mean, did you find that you had any language barrier issues? Um, so we didn't, not necessarily over like text or anything, but that also means that, you know, you can kind of think out a lot more of what you're saying over text. And so, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. It wasn't until like our very first like hangout date that we went on where I realized like there's, it wasn't necessarily a barrier, but she certainly had an accent, like a pretty thick accent. And there was maybe a couple things here and there where like, you know, she'd stumble over a word or like, you know, have to think for an extra second or take a pause. But, um, she was definitely still like, I would consider her fluent in English, you know? Okay. So 
how long did you date total? And then at what point in the relationship do things start to get a little weird? So we had dated for about a year and a half. Oh my God, that's a long time. Yes, it was a long time. And things started going, things got a little iffy probably around uh, the year mark. And I still decided to sort of like stick things out, see what would happen. And then probably within like the last three months of that, things were like not great at all. Did you ever go to Brazil and meet her family? No, I didn't. Um, That was always on the list, but she couldn't, based on the way that her visa works, she couldn't go home throughout the time that we had dated. Otherwise she wouldn't be like allowed to come back in. And so she was applying to actually get her master's in the States. And then that would have given her like a student visa, which allows more flexibility with travel. Okay. So when you say things got a little weird around the year mark, do you have like a moment that you can specifically pinpoint that you're like, this is when I kind of started to think that this probably wasn't going to last. I wouldn't say it's a specific moment, but I think the beginning of the relationship, I maybe set sort of a bad precedent that ended up being a big issue later on in the relationship. So what I mean by that is, you know, it was still during COVID times that, you know, we had first started dating, right? And so because of that, um, we spent a lot of time together at the beginning. And because of that, it kind of started this, um, like she always wanted to hang out constantly. And it was almost like there was no time for me to like hang out with my friends and go do other things. And so, you know, at first when you're in the relationship and you're in the honeymoon phase and everything's, you know, really fantastic, all I wanted to do was hang out with her. And so it was fine at the beginning. It wasn't until later on where things, you know, the honeymoon phase ends, you're in this relationship where you start, you know, basically everything about each other. You're very comfortable with one another where, you know, on the weekends we would stay in and like be watching TV or watch a movie. And I knew that, you know, if, if this relationship were to, you know, go the distance and we were to stay together for, you know, a long time, there's going to be plenty of time in the future for us to be inside and watch TV and do that. But like, you know, I still had, this was an, when all of my friends were still in the Atlanta area, I was able, like everyone was hanging out constantly and I was missing out on a lot of that because of her. And there are definitely a few moments where, you know, things would be, there would be things happening outside of obviously us hanging out and I would want to go hang out. And there would be this sort of guilt trip that would happen where she would make me feel bad about leaving her and going to do things. Like if I wanted like, you know, a guy's night guy's night out or whatever it was. And so eventually it ended up being easier for me to just stay in with her and avoid any sort of fight or confrontation than it was for me to like go out and live my life. Now this is a take I don't typically, typically do, but I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. So if I'm her and I'm living in a foreign country where this isn't my first language and maybe it's my first year or so of living here, I'm probably going to find my comfort people and I'm going to be a little clingy with those comfort people. Do you think any of it had to do with the fact that she had just moved here and felt a little strange in this country? A hundred percent that had an aspect of it. You know, things are new uh, and, you know, being here is not an easy thing, especially when you're, you're away from your home, you're away from your family, you're away from all your friends. Like she didn't really have, she had maybe a couple friends that she had met through the all pair program that she had that lived in the area, but that was basically it. So like I was her person and 
On top of that, she hung out with my friends sometimes, but they never really like got to know her, got to know her. And so it wasn't like I, she wanted to like come along with me to like all these other things. And also like, you know, frankly, I didn't want her there for every single thing that I was always doing. Right. And so that's absolutely part of it. But a big part of relationships for me also is that like, you know, my significant other needs to at least be independent, you know, on their own for a lot of things, right? I don't want to have to be like your crutch or your person that's has to always be there. I remember there was one time where she wanted to like go to the grocery store and I was like, okay, like go to the store, right? And she got super upset because like I wouldn't go with her. And that was, I maybe this was a big turning point where I was like, why can't you just do this yourself? And I get, it's uncomfortable, it's scary. Driving in Atlanta is, not, is no joke, right? But at the end of the day, I was like, why can't you just do this on your own? Well, also, I mean, to be fair, she is someone that chose this career path to go off and be by herself in a separate country. And you think with that, there would still be some kind of independent gene in her that would make doing things like that easier. But I mean, I could imagine like if she just became so accustomed with you being a crutch for her in this new place, like it would be hard to kind of give that up. And I'm sure when the breakup actually occurred, things weren't so simple. So talk to me about when the relationship started to break apart. The la the final six months was where like I started having some, some doubts and some feelings, but it was like a really weird time because at that point she had just moved. So when you come here as an au pair, you live with a host family, right? So she was living, she wasn't living on her own. Um, and secondarily, when she, after she had finished her program and she had left the house, she was looking for a place to live. And it was at that time where actually my cousin offered up their finished out basement for her to, to live in for you know the time being until she found a place to live on her own. So it muddied things and complicated things a lot more because she was now living with a family member. And so that ended up being kind of part of the issue. And so part of me was like, maybe I just need to hold out until she like finds a new place. Cause it's going to be weird if like we break up and she's still living with a family member. Like, you know, I, I didn't really know what to do. It, it was, it was odd and it was scary. And then, um, then there was a point towards, uh, the end where she really wanted a dog. Mm. Okay. And I made it very clear to her that she can get a dog. That's fine, but it will be her dog and not, not our dog, my dog. I, I was, tr I tried to make that extremely clear to her, which of course she didn't love the idea of, but she hated clarity. <laughs> she hated boundaries. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. And so, um, you know, cause she's like, you know, she's talking about how like, you know, she's, she's lonely sometimes and she like wanted a companion, like all this stuff. Right. And so she ended up committing and getting this dog. Well, here's the thing. If she's got the dog, maybe she'll spend less time with you because now she has somebody else who can go to the grocery store with her. Right. But the problem ended up being also is that that dog turned into, of course it turned into my responsibility as well. And cause she was working um, throughout this time where she was taking, she was being a caretaker for some kids. She was um, doing some maid services for another family. And so during that time where she'd be gone, I was working from home at my last job. So I was able, I was the one that was responsible for taking care of this puppy all day and it's a puppy. So like puppies are not easy. They're like you, kids. They literally are. And this dog just ended up being such a pain in the ass for me. And there was just resentment that was starting to build up because of that. And those are the two things that I feel like you can never do unless you know you're going to be with someone for the long haul. 
have some kind of shared form of living situation, which I know you guys didn't live together, but she was in some way dependent on you for her living situation and getting a pet together because, oh my God, when it comes to a living situation, I mean, you got to figure out how you're going to split things up. You can't just like break off the lease. I mean, I know with your situation, like you had control of the apartment, so you could technically just kick her out. But then when it comes to a dog, it is sort of like a child. Some people become attached. You share custody now. You have a custody agreement. It's insane. So I'm assuming you get the cojones to finally break up with her at some point. What was the breaking point for you for ending this relationship? I remember we had a really just brutal week of like fights and just not seeing eye to eye. Um, Her getting really upset about for me going to like my cousin's bridal shower and hanging out with family that was in town. I was pretty fed up. It was at this point also where she had kind of started floating the idea of potentially even getting some sort of like legal partnership together Uh -uh, so that she could go home and visit her family. Uh -uh. Yeah. I actually did a whole episode on this. I think it was a civil union where it was two women who decided to do a domestic partnership or something like that, which if you don't know is quite literally the same thing as marriage, but you just don't have to do the whole ceremony and vows situation. You just, it's worse than marriage because all you have to do is sign a paper. I know. And that freaks me out when she asked me. And so I kind of just like dismissed it like, oh, like, you know, that's a big ask. Like we can think about it. And I just dodged the question like any time that it would come up. And that weighed super heavily on me. Was this something that she was bringing up frequently? Like, uh, you know, every day, like, hey. No, not every day, but it came up once. And then it probably came up like, you know, within the next week or two. And then I, she started, I think she noticed that I was dodging it. And so she was hesitant to bring it up. And then, you know, it maybe happened a couple more times after that. And I dodged it every single time. The hard part about the place you are in this relationship as well. And one of the reasons I have a hard time staying in relationships that I'm not sure of is like the actual relationship. Like she's living at your cousin's apartment and everything is very serious. But in the back of your mind, you're like, I'm about to dump this girl any day. So how are you balancing that dynamic of this girl ain't going anywhere anytime soon. But at the same time, I'm not really sure I want to be with her. Yeah, it there. It felt very one sided. It felt like I was just kind of going through the motions and like staying at their place, you know, a few nights a week. She's staying with me a few nights a week. Like we were deep in it, you know, and it just started feeling like I was well, and it, not even feeling like because I was, but I wasn't living like anything authentic. Like it felt like I was living some sort of like sham and a lie, you know, and it was also at this point where some of my friends kind of started coming up to me and like asking me like, what's going on? They it wasn't until after the relationship where I found out what their true feelings were about that. But we can get to that later. OK, so let's get to the actual you ending the relationship, because I'm assuming you are going to be the one to end this relationship based off the disdain that you have <laughs> (laughs) that you have shown for this woman in the last 17 minutes. Right. And well, the thing is like, you know, I obviously we're talking about all the bad parts of the relationship right now, but at the end of the day, we did really get along with each other. Well, you know, there were great parts about, uh, about it. Um, She was someone who I could really be like my, uh, you know, for the most part myself around and, besides maybe being able to tell her exactly what was on my mind at all times, which I guess, you know, thinking back is a huge red flag if you think about it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I remember there was, it was one night, it was like, it was like a Wednesday night or something. We started talking about the relationship, whatever. And it turned into like this 
two to three hour, like very cathartic conversation about how this isn't working out. We know that like that this needs to come to an end. This, this, this is just, it, it can't continue this way. It was an extremely emotional night. Like both of us were like in tears talking about like the good times, things that were wrong, things that were bad. And at this point it's like three, four o'clock in the morning. Okay. And so I'm not just going to like say, all right, bye, get out of here. And so, um, I basically said, all right, so what happens in the morning? And at this point we had gotten all of our grievances out of the way. We had agreed we are breaking up. Okay. And she's like, I guess, you know, when I wake up, I'll leave and that'll be it. And, and you're at whose house? I'm at, we're at my apartment. Okay. Okay. So she's going to go back to your cousin's apartment. And then I wake up and she's awake and she's still there. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> Bye, bitch, get whoa. out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, whoa, what are, what's, what, what are you, what's going on? And the dog had a vet appointment that morning. Uh-huh. And so she's like, I don't know. I thought maybe it was a good idea if like, you know, you could take us to the vet sort of thing, right? How furious are you? Cause I'm like, we're done. We just talked about this. <laughs> so this is not like a very proud, like I, I, this is something that I'm not very proud of, you know, looking back in hindsight and something that I've been very much trying to change in my current relationship is I felt definitely, I was very easily convinced. Okay. I was a little bit more spineless. I didn't, I I wasn't great at sticking to like, I could be, again, I could be easily convinced. Right. And so I was like, okay, fine. Take her to the vet, the dog to the vet, whatever. You're taking the dog to the vet? With her. With her? Yes. Okay. We, we all collectively go to the vet. Oh, yeah. So you did leave your spine at home. Okay. Yes, I did. And then we come back and she like comes up to my apartment and I was like, what are we doing? Like, what is going on? And it's at this point where she's like, I don't know. I was just thinking that <laughs> like maybe we and started backtracking like every single thing that she had said that we had talked about the night before. Okay. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like we, we had gone over this, like this is, this cannot, this can no longer be this, this cannot be happening anymore. Right. And it turned into like this huge blow up where she was like crying and like throwing this huge tantrum. And then all of a sudden she just like storms out of my apartment with the dog or the dogs at the apartment? She left the dog. And so she was leaving the dog sort of as like a reason to have to come back. Oh no, that's some bullshit. Right? So I literally chase her out the door with the dog in my <laughs> hand and I'm like, take the dog. You're palming the puppy. <laughs> literally. I'm like, take this. And she's like, no, you can have her. And like freaking out. And I, at, at this point, I'm like, I don't want to be stuck with this dog. Like The last thing that I want her to do is just leave and leave me with the dog because I didn't want the dog in the first place. Okay. I'm a cat guy. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, and so she's calling the elevator down and I'm like, get back in here and take the dog. And she's like, no, like really, really like going pretty insane and crazy. And so the only way for me to get her back is I was like, all right, let's talk about this. Come back inside. So she comes back into the apartment and we talk for like another long time. What are you even talking about at this point? Because if I'm her in this relationship, in this situation, I'm thinking this guy doesn't want to be with me. Why the hell do I want to be here? I don't know. I think she was just like terrified of the fact of being alone, especially after, you know, being with me for that amount of time. Like I was basically, you know, a majority of her time that she had spent here in the States. So I I don't know, like it, it completely freaked her out. Right. 
And so we're we're going over the exact same things that we had talked about the night before. I'm telling her the reasons why we're not good for like that why this isn't working. And she is insistent on the fact that we should make this work and that we can make it work and it's gonna be okay and all this stuff. So <laughs> again, this is spineless Jackson. I kind of agree. No, Jackson, no. I know, I know, I know. When I you know. say you kind of agree, do you come to some kind of quote unquote compromise where you're like, well, let's just take a break. Do you, just as long as you take this fucking dog out of here. <laughs> it, it was like, let's just give this a month and see where we're at afterwards. Okay. And that's what was agreed upon. So does she stay in the apartment? Does she get out? Does she go back to the cousin's place? I think she went home and I was, because obviously you need some time apart after that. So I think she went home and then, um, yeah, I mean, that's what we did. So for the next month, it was just this kind of awkward, like not great place to be in where she was trying to act like everything was completely normal and the same. But for me, I was like, how the hell do I get out of this? Like, this is bad. Well, you're basically doing her a favor because I'm not getting the sense that she's necessarily crazy about the relationship because she probably feels rejected in some way, but I can understand wanting to cling on for the comfort sake. Right. So how, how do you get out of this? I know it was, it was so complicated. And, you know, I I hate that I was just, I'm definitely a big people pleaser, which is a good and a bad thing, obviously. And because of that, like this decision that we made jointly, I put in quotes, was basically just for me to like keep the peace for a little bit longer. Cause like, you know, obviously you never want to break up to end in like some, you know, blow up fight or some, something crazy like no, that, you know? Not much. She's going to leave you with the puppy if you piss her off. I know. I know. So after about, uh, literally after about a month of that, um, it was the week of her move. Okay. So, um, that Saturday she was moving out of my cousin's place and she had her own apartment and I was like, okay, once she moves, that's like officially it, you know, I'll help her move and that'll be it. That's where we're going to cut it. And for some reason, I don't know if I've blocked this out of my head or what, but I remember it was a Wednesday evening and we got into some fight about something stupid about me wanting to like go do something. And she was like, got super really, really upset with me. And I remember I was sitting in there with my roommate and I was like, listen to this bullshit and like talking to him about it. And he was like, what are you even doing, man? Like, come on, let's really think about this right now. Like, why are you doing this right now? And I was like, you know what? You're right. So I texted her and I was like, we need to talk. (gasps) And I drove over to my cousin's house and I was like, we're done. Like, this is the end of it. Well, that was smarter on your part because what is she going to do? Pass you the dog and be like, take it. Right, exactly. And so at that point, I was so over things that like when I got there, I was just like, I, I made it like really quick. Like I was there for maybe five minutes and I was like, this is it. We're done. I'm leaving. Like, no more. And she was very upset. And she basically just like left the little living room that we were in and like went into the bedroom. And then I said bye to the dog and I just turned around <laughs> and left. Like, bye bitch, see you never. Literally. And that was it. And you never heard from this girl again? No. So. 
I'm not getting the sense that this girl goes away quietly. <laughs> well, the thing is, after that, I remember um, I, I went back to my place and I was like talking to my, uh, my my roommate and like a few of my other buddies. Like every Wednesday night, we would have like a guys' night, and so we were they were all about to go see like the Top Gun movie. Oh yeah, yeah, great movie by the way. Great movie, right? Great movie. It's done. I walked in there and I was like, it's done. Like what well, you know, it, it's ended, and you know we had drinks and it was like you know I, I was I was content and happy and like you know things were good. Um, a, a few weeks later, she texted me and was like, Hey, I have some of your things and you have some of my things. Like, can we arrange a time to meet up to like, you know, give each other our stuff back basically. Right. And so I was like, yeah, sure. That's totally fine. And honestly, I kind of just totally forgot. It was like on my mind, but I didn't really follow up with her at all. Like afterwards. And so, um, like a month or so goes by and I haven't heard anything and, oh, it, it, I remembered that I needed, that I had this stuff to give her. Cause I think I was moving apartments at the time too. And so I had some of my stuff to give, um, that I was finding, I found some of her stuff there that I was like, oh shoot, I forgot that we need to like give each other things back. Right. And so I go back into my texts and I send her a text like, Hey, do you want to meet up, uh, to like give each other stuff back? And then I never get a response. So then I'm like, okay, that's weird. Another month or so goes by. Okay. And then I get a text that's like, you are being so disrespectful to me. Why have we not done this? I've asked you to why, like going off on in this huge paragraph about how I'm being the most disrespectful person in the entire world and how, um, I can't, I can't believe this is the way that I'm going to remember you as such an asshole and like all this crazy stuff. Right. Um, turns out I had gone back and I had texted her old number. So she oh, never got the message. Oh no. She never got the message. I was about to say, I'm like, she's gaslighting you into thinking that you're a bad person. Right. And so I was like, what are you talking about? Like I, I, I texted you like, what do you mean? And so I screenshot the message and I sent it to her and I was like, oh shit, my bad. Like I, I accidentally texted the wrong number. Okay. She continues to go off. Right. And so finally we agree on a day to, to meet up. Right. And she texts me and she's this, this night and she's like, I'm super busy today and I have this, 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 and this, but, um, I'll be home around eight or nine o'clock. Um, I'll text you on my way back and we can, you can, you, you can come to me. Mm. And I was like, okay, fine. So the time rolls around and I pack up her things and I go to her new apartment and I park in the parking lot and I'm like, Hey, I'm here expecting her to just come out with a bag of stuff, me with my bag of things that's hers and us to just trade. Um, and then that'd be it. Right. And she goes, no, you can come in. <gasps> so I get out of the car and I'm like, well, fine, whatever. So I go in there, uh, you know, I knock on the door, she lets me in and we sit down and I give her her things and I'm expecting to just be like, okay, bye. And she goes, why don't you have a seat? <laughs> she about to interrogate you? Yeah. Okay. So she sits down and at first it's like, how are you? How's your family? That kind of thing. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm good. Like, you know, whatever. Just trying to like make this as like quick as possible. And then she starts bringing up like, I know you lied to me about sending the text, that text that I screenshot and sent to her when I sexed her at the wrong number. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, I asked my friends about this and they said that you can like doctor text basically. Like thinking that I had like had an oh shit moment and been like, and, and made that up 
photoshopped my conversation of, you know, of the text that I sent, like, hey, when do you want to meet up for this stuff? And was really upset about it. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, and so I take my phone out and I like scroll back to that other conversation because I had like deleted our initial, like our, our text exchange. And so, but her old number conversation was still in there. So I had, I was like, look, it's right here. And she still like was adamant that it was fake. But at this point, what does it matter? You're literally at her apartment with the bag of stuff. What's there to be upset about? What does it matter? Right. And so she starts talking about how great she is and how she's like getting her, you know, her life is together and you know, the future and like all this stuff. And then she starts bringing up like, like she's like, you need to watch out who your friends are. And I was like, what are you talking about? And she goes, I'm not going to tell them, tell you who it is, but someone has reached out to me on hinge. That's (gasps) one of your friends. And I was like, Okay, so like I, I was just trying to get out of there. I was like, who? I don't care. Like it, it's fine, right? And so um, we we sit there and we're talking, and she she just could not let anything go. And at the end of it, I just stood up and I was like, I'm gonna leave. Yeah. And I was like, okay, bye. Well, like, what are we doing here? You're just trying to plan all these emotional landmines in my head for, for me to overthink for the next couple of weeks when I don't care. I have been wanting out of this relationship for half a year. Right. And and what does she expect is going to happen that I'm going to feel so guilty that I'll be like, let's get back together. Like there was, I couldn't tell the angle that she was trying to take besides maybe like getting a leg up on me Mm. somehow and like having that. But I don't know. Um, I just kind of let her rip into me, honestly, because I was like, if this is what you need as your sort of cathartic experience to get over this, then like by all means, because I want this to be done and over with. Well, everybody feels like they want to win the breakup. So I think in her mind, because you had broken up with her, she's like, how can I get my final in before this relationship is done and I can't hurt him anymore. And I think he, I think she wanted to in some way make it feel like, uh, like she had come out on top. Like, oh, well your friends are reaching out to me, which um, now I'm curious if one of your friends actually did reach out to her. I have no idea. I didn't dig into it. I don't really care. I And I don't know who would, honestly, of my friends. Because so, they were all telling you to leave. Yes, exactly. And so I, it, it didn't matter to me either way. And so I left. I got in my car. And on my drive back, I get one text from her that's like, the dog is crying at the door and really misses you. It's really sad. And then I just said, that is sad. And then I I deleted the conversation and we have never talked since then. Wow. I will dub you the winner of the breakup because (laughs) she was trying to hurt you and it seems like, oh, she's over it. You send that text about the dog crying at the door. You are not over this relationship. No, definitely not. And so, yeah, I mean, like, did that that was it damn well okay so i'm assuming you moved on that pretty fast because you uh you have a new lady now yes uh it wasn't so we did end up dating I, I i did end up dating my current girlfriend fairly soon after um we had broken up and while a lot of people do think that that's like red flag behavior like you need to take a second I feel like I was mentally checked out like months before. So it wasn't too hard for me. It wasn't like I was getting on the dating apps to like rebound or anything like that. It was like, I am happy with where I'm at right now. I think it's time for me to find, you know, try and find someone else and see what's out there. And like, I didn't need that like emotional downtime for myself because I had already had it for the last three to six months. Well, you probably felt free more than anything. A hundred percent. So how soon after was it? So it was probably like, Two 
mine. Oh, that is red flag behavior. <laughs> and the, so the day that I had to bring her stuff back to her apartment, I was hanging out with my current girlfriend. No, so there was overlap time? Not not like overlap of us like, you know, seeing each other, but I texted, you know, I, I, I was hanging out with um, my girlfriend like that evening and that's when I got that text that was like, I'm super busy, but like, let's let's meet up today. And I, I straight up told my girlfriend, I was like, by the way, my ex is texting me right now. I have some stuff of hers that, you know, I still have. We need to exchange this. Like, I'm going to be fully honest with you that this is what I'm going to do. I swear to you, like <laughs> nothing's going to happen or anything like that. And she was like, yeah, like go, go do your thing. It's totally fine. Jackson's like, I literally want nothing to do with this girl. I don't want to see this girl. And your girlfriend's like, I literally care less. Yeah. She was like, fine. Like go, go, go do what you got to do. Just come back. And I was like, yeah, don't worry. Like I'm going to make this as quick as I possibly can. And you've been with your new girlfriend about the same time that you were with this last girl. So you're, you just hit that year mark. Yes. Uh, the official year mark. So we had met in like, we had like matched in like June. We had seen, we see, saw each other for the first time, like in early July. And then we weren't official until November. And then, Whoa. so now it's been over a year, like official but like a year and a half from like when we actually met. Why'd you take so long to be official? Um, That's yeah. like nearly six months. Yeah, it, it did take a while. Um, That's longer than all my relationships, Jackson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> than when you were just casually dating your now girlfriend. The thing is, so with with this girl, I I fell head over heels very, very quickly for this girl. Um before we had actually met, I was talking to like my sister and maybe a couple of my cousins one night and they were like asking like, Oh, like, you know, who are you looking for in like a relationship? And I was like listing off all of these things. I was like, you know, I want her, you know, to be a companion, to be funny. I want her to like, you know, the same things that I do. If she plays video games, that'd be sick. If she golfed, that would be amazing. Like, you know, tie into my interests sort of, you know? And they were like, that doesn't exist. Like you're looking for a unicorn and literally like within a couple weeks of having that conversation, I had met her and she checked off literally like all of those boxes and I didn't want to lose that at all. And so, um, we had met and I, I was so into her, like same music taste, same, like weirdly similar on a lot of different levels. Right. Um, with things when it came to religion and life, kids, all that kind of stuff. Like we just happened to like match up really, really well. Um, the problem ended up being when I've, I've talked about this a little bit on, mm -hmm. you know, the main bird show that, you know, we're on <laughs> our, jobs. our jobs and, uh, she actually ghosted me. She did. Yes. I don't remember this. Okay. So, um, about, a month and a half of us after us hanging out, you know, a lot. She met, she had met all my friends. Um, she was coming to concerts with us on weekends. We were hanging out like a, a good bit. Um, one night after a concert, I like had, I dropped her off back to, at her apartment and we had planned to go to Top Golf the following Friday. This was a Saturday night and we were like, all right, the following Friday, we're going to go out on this date, right? things I was like, and we were like, yes, this is a shoe in, right? I get home, I get a text from her and she's like, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I really appreciate you. And so me, like my heart's melting. Oh. I am, I am feeling so good. Okay. Sunday rolls around. I think I sent her, a, I sent her a TikTok, and I never got a response about it. No response on su Sunday. And then the next day on Monday, I still haven't heard from her. And bear in mind, we, we were texting every day Yeah. prior to this. Still don't hear anything. Monday comes around, still don't hear anything from her all day. So I'm like, let's just wait till the end of the day. Like, you know, we'll see what happens. Still nothing. So then I text her again and I'm like, hey, I think I just sent something kind of innocuous. Like, you know, hey, how was your day? Mm -hmm. No response. So you must be in like a cold sweat. 
I am very, very nervous and very upset. Then Tuesday comes around, still don't hear anything. Wednesday comes around and I'm like, I have one more shot at saying something and then otherwise I'm just assuming that this is done. So I send her a text that's like, hey, are we still on for Friday? Nothing. And I spiraled and completely crumbled. Like I was down so, so bad. I was so upset. I could not figure out what had happened. I couldn't figure out why. I, I There was just so many unanswered questions from the text that we had got, like that I had got on Saturday about her saying she appreciated me. Like it made no sense to me at all. All, and I could not put the pieces together. I was like, did she, is she hurt? Is she in the hospital? Did she die? Like what could have possibly happened? What did happen? So I don't hear anything for about a week and a half, I think 10 or 11 days, right? And during this time, you could ask my roommate, I was a shell of a human being. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I could, I was so unbelievably sad. I was taking showers in the dark. <laughs> I was listening to all these sad songs. I was down so horrifically bad. What was your depression meal during that time? Everyone's got a depression meal. Oh, I think it's just it's like fast food, Chick-fil-A, you know, just every day or, you know, just, I don't know. I, I It just could not have been worse. I've never felt like that in my entire life. Like, Aw, Jackson. It was really bad. It Well, it felt like how, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you know, like your first like big crush, your first big love that you yes. probably had in like high school. Uh -huh. And when that fizzles out and dies, like the pain that you feel during that, because, you know, you're this pubescent teen that's going, you know, has all these emotions. You've never felt these things before. So it feels like the end of the world. I was getting full callbacks to that of how I felt in high school. Really? Yes. This was like an extremely emotional experience for me. I can, I can see it in your eyes. You're about to start crying. <laughs> Jackson's tearing up y'all. Yeah. Um, you need a tissue before you continue? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> we might need to take a break actually. <laughs> and so, um, the following like Friday or something um, after it had been literally like maybe around two weeks at this point since I had heard from her, um, I had just played golf with my buddies. Um, I had been venting to everybody, complaining to everybody that I knew about how upset I was about this entire thing. How long had you been dating at this point? So about a month and a half. Okay. So you really were invested pretty early on. You thought you were like, this was it for you. Exactly. Um, to her credit, she was new to Atlanta, had a new job. Um, is a few years younger than me. So she's like, was fresher out of college, like all this kind of stuff. Right. And so, um, this was like an overwhelming thing for her, obviously new city, new job, new, you know, new everything. Like, you know, you kind of want to get your feet underneath you before maybe committing to something so hard. So that was my rationalization of like what I had thought. Right. So this Friday I had played golf and on my drive home, I, I can remember exactly the light that I was at when I saw my phone, a notification come up on my phone and it was a text from her. And I was like, I'm not going to read this until I get back home. So I drive home and I sit in my car and I open it up and it basically is like, hi, I'm sorry if you never want to hear from me ever again, but I just want to let you know that this has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. I'm in just this new spot in this weird spot right now with my life and this big transition that's going on right now. And, um, I just wanted to let you know that. Okay. How did you respond? Um, so I said, 
I, I told her, I was like, look, I totally understand that you're in like this, you know, crazy you know, spot in your life right now. I just really would have appreciated something. I didn't know what had happened. Like I was concerned, you know, but thank you for reaching out basically. Okay. And so she comes back and she's like, wow, I thought you had blocked me. I didn't even know if my text had actually gone through. And I'm even surprised that you responded to me um, and was like, I'm still interested. Like I, she said something, we had a brief conversation basically going back and forth about like, you know, seeing eye to eye on like where she was at and the reasons for why she had done this. And she basically ended it with like, if you'd be willing to give this another shot, I would love to. She came over to my apartment and we like hashed everything out. She was basically telling me that she really likes, you know, me and she really likes the relationship. There's nothing wrong with anything there. It's just that like she didn't she didn't know how she felt about tying herself down so early on. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, let's just continue to hang out, but sort of just feel it out basically. Gotcha. So that's why you waited so long to lock it down. Cause I'm like, Jackson, you, a, you a full grown man. Why are you waiting six <laughs> months to call this lady your girlfriend? But I get it. I mean, at 22, everyone thinks that's when you finally, you know, you're free and you're an adult and you can go out and do all these things. And so the thought of settling down so early on, I don't blame her for being a little freaked out. Exactly. And I totally understood that. And, but it still bothered me because I wanted so badly for us to be like, you know, an official relationship, yeah. right? And so over the next few months, we started hanging out like a lot, like constantly two, three, four times a week, sometimes even more than that, right? And um, I remember just constantly like wanting to like, you know how relationships are stupid now where like you're in like a talking phase and then you're like exclusive, but you're not actually, you're dating and then you're exclusive, but you're not actually boyfriend and girlfriend yet. And yep. then you ask them to be your boyfriend or girlfriend. The exclusive thing is such bullshit. Cause I'm like, just call me your girlfriend. We're not dating anybody else. Oh, so we're in a relationship. Thank right, you. Right. And so uh, like a, a month and a half or two, like after we've been hanging out all this time, I, I, I remember like, you know, getting the balls to just talk to her and be like, so we're exclusive, right? And like having that conversation, she was like, yeah, I have no interest in seeing anyone else. But there was still not that like official, yeah. official title, whatever, which is so stupid. Did this also ruin the honeymoon phase for you? No, because the thing is when we bounced back, we bounced back like harder than ever. It was crazy. Like as much as that bothered me, once I understood where she had been coming from. Mm -hmm. it, it made a lot more sense to me. And I was able to just put it in the past. And we, we joke about it now to this day about yeah. like how, how crazy that was and you know, how far we've come since then. And then I remember her making some remark about like, you still have to ask me to like, you know, be your girlfriend kind of thing. And you're like, well, when do I ask? Cause I don't want you to leave again. Exactly, exactly. Cause I didn't want to push it too hard. You know, like I didn't want to freak her out and like scare her by any means. And so that's why it took until November of us, you know, constantly hanging out where I like made like a pretty grand gesture where I I made like a little basket with like all of her favorite like snacks and like, you know, things inside of it. And then I wrote her this long like letter about how like I thought that we, you know, deserved to be with each other and that I wanted her to be my girlfriend. And of course she said yes. What made you finally feel safe enough to be like, I'm going to take a chance. I, I when it was five it, months in and you were like, fuck, I need to call this girl my girlfriend. No, literally. I mean, I just, I, I, I was just sick of, of feeling like I was in this limbo period and like every week would go by where I'd be like, should I do it now? Should I do it now? And you know, at the end of the day, I was like, we're, we're hanging out so much. We're not seeing anyone else. Like, this is stupid. Like, let's just, you know, let's just do this. 
So you're confirming a theory that I read in a book once from Steve Harvey. If you, I'm assuming you know who Steve Harvey yes. is. He has a book called Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. Okay. And he has this psychology played out uh, called like the three P's or something. I can't remember all the P's and penis is not one of them, <laughs> but um, profess is one of them. And he basically warns women if you're dating men and they don't want to profess that you are their girlfriend, their fiance, their wife, they do not respect you in a relationship aspect. Would you say that's true for the majority of men? Speak for all men, Jackson. Yeah, please let me. I think that that's hugely important. I think a lot of times women in these relationships, they, they, they want the commitment and they want that to be very clear. Um, whenever you're in this weird in between, you know, time, um, I feel like a lot of women second guess things and wonder what your intentions are for this relationship. Cause so many women get screwed over by so many guys, um, who lead them on and, you know, use them for sex or whatever it may be, and then end up ditching them, you know, six months, even a year or longer in because, you know, they didn't want the commitment in the first place, but they, they, they think that they're saying all the right things except for that final commitment piece. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause that's the one cop out that they can have. Well, you are my girlfriend. Exactly. We were just exclusive. <laughs> it is, it is the ultimate cop out, which I think is just so, it, it's so cowardly. I think, I, I think for, for you to do that is it's, it's manipulative and it's wrong on so many levels. And the worst thing that you can do is string someone along, um, you know, and I'm eating my words cause I did end up, you know, kind of stringing my other, my last yeah, relationship. Let's, let's backtrack for a second. Cause you did mention in your breakup story about how something that you were combating in your current relationship is you being a little spineless. So were there things you had to work through in this new relationship where you had to kind of find your backbone? Yes. Um, that was a huge part about, um, this new relationship that I was in about, you know, learning from your past relationships is that I have made it very clear that like, I will speak my mind and tell the truth and tell you how I'm feeling about things. And, sometimes that's not the easiest thing to do. And sometimes they're not going to like, you know, what they're hearing, but it's still something that I am very intentional about when it comes to this relationship where like, I want to let her know if I'm unhappy about something or if something she said kind of bothered me or, um, you know, if I would rather go hang out with my guy friends than hang out with her and watch a movie that night, I will say like, I'm sorry, this is what I'm going to go do. Like, you know, we still need to have our lives, you know, besides, um, you know, separate from each other. And so that's been a huge thing. And then the other big thing that I've taken into this relationship that, um, I think is good advice for anybody. I don't remember where I heard this, but someone, it was some celebrity interview that basically said, um, no matter how long you're in a relationship, it's important that you never stop dating each other. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't matter if, um, you're dating for 10 years. It doesn't matter if you're married for 30 years, you always want to kind of act like in your head that you're still sort of on the prowl and trying to win them over. And so if that means scheduling dates, if that means getting them little gifts and little treats, if that means, you know, sending them that, you know, extra text, um, you know, saying good morning or good night, things like that go a really, really long way. And so I remember having this conversation with my current girlfriend where, um, and we're on the exact same page about never wanting to stop dating each other. Back to like you drawing boundaries and having to be, 
you having to find your backbone a little bit. How did how did your girlfriend respond to those kinds of things? Because I think a lot of guys were like, oh my God, old ball and chain. Like, she's not letting me go out with the boys. I mean, was she pretty cool about that? Was she completely opposite to your other ex? She's she's always been super supportive of that. She's like, yeah, go do your thing. Like, you know, that's totally fine. Um, but the crazy thing is, is that um, in, my la- in, in, in the last relationship that I was in, um, I was looking for every excuse in the world to go out with my guy friends and go do other things that didn't include her. Whereas this relationship feels very different because I honestly do really want to hang out with her as much as we do hang out. Um, I, I, I want to be there, um, which is again, very different, um, which I think is a telling sign. And so now I'm sort of on this other end where I'm having to like kind of convince myself that, all right, I should go out with the guys this weekend because like I haven't done it in like a month, you know, instead of, you know, doing whatever we were going to do that weekend, you know? Well, I think that's why women get so upset. And I'm speaking for women specifically because I'm a woman who dates men. And I, I think that's why women get so upset when it feels like your dude is just constantly going out with the boys and sort of maybe giving you the cold shoulder because I think on a subconscious level, it communicates, and I'm not saying this is the case for every man in every relationship, but it subtly communicates, I would rather be with this with them than you. And that's not the, that's not like a hard rule because I think it's important for men to have their bro time and girls to have the girl time. But even with the commitment thing, if you are so hesitant to put a label on things and to have the commitment, I think it is kind of the red flag that, hey, maybe this isn't the right relationship, even if you do like this person. Exactly. And like, obviously your your actions speak much louder than your words. So even if you're telling them all the things that they want to hear, if you're still like finding every excuse under the sun to go hang out with the boys all the time, that says something, you know, that says something about how you feel. And so I, I think that right now I have like this sort of health, much healthier balance of knowing where I stand and where we stand and how I can be very open with her about these things. Wrapping up, because I, I, I think there's a lot of women listening that have been in this kind of relationship or will find themselves in the kind of relationship like this or are currently in it. And we'll shout out to y'all. I hope you, you're doing okay. <laughs> who feel like maybe they're being strung along and they don't know how to set that boundary with their boyfriend without coming off as like needy or bitchy. And I think maybe on a subconscious level, think that maybe it is time to get out of the relationship. So what's your advice for the ladies to be able to communicate that in a way that is not perceived as needy or overbearing? Uh, I think my answer to that is going to be the thing that like all guys hate to hear where the girl comes up to you and says, I think we need to talk. And they know that the conversation is coming up about like, it's the, what are we conversation? Mm -hmm. Right. And if you're upset about having that conversation, you shouldn't be in the relationship at all. I hate to break it to you, but that's, that's the God honest truth. Like if you are dreading hearing those words from your girl that you're with and they want to talk about commitment and talk about what the relationship is and where you guys are and you hate that and don't want to have that conversation and you're still trying to like escape by it and be like, I don't know, like I kind of like how things are right now. I don't want to mess that up. You hear that so often. And all that means is that the girl needs to get out of there because if they wanted it, they would. Yep. And on the flip side, if you are so nervous about having to ask it, it's probably a sign that you know what the answer is going to be, but you just have to have the courage to be able to face it and know that probably a breakup is around the corner. A hundred percent. Obviously it's easier said than done, but at the end of the day, if you want to be in the relationship 
and it, it, you know that all the signs are there that it might not, it, it's probably not happening and he's not on the same page as you. It's much easier to just get out of it now while you can before things get even more serious or it ends up in some sort of, you know, crazy blow up. Or a breakup podcast. Or a breakup podcast. But if you have a good story, you can co- come talk about it here. <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday, we'll have more of a chit chatty breakdown bonus episode where we'll be talking about the signs that you are getting strung along in your relationship and what to do about it. As always, I will see you whenever you decide to tune in next.